0: Welcome to Transition of Style, the podcast that explores the ways in which personal style and gender identity meet, with host Phil, a.k.a. Curran. Transition of Style is produced by Fashion Consort, with music provided by Sarah FM, and is sponsored by Queercut, a radically inclusive shopping platform and queer community. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to TOS Check-In. And if you don't know by now, and you should know, TOS Check-In is our alternative format during the coronavirus pandemic, where we check in with members of the queer community. And today we have with us a fantastic guest, Lex Horowitz. What's up, Lex?
1: Hello, Phil, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be sharing this conversation with you and just absorbing your beautiful energy.
0: Oh my god, this one <laughs> <laughs> who needs to know that the check is already on its way to them. It's happening. It's it's coming. It's coming your <laughs> way, <worry>, my friend. <laughs> Lex. So Lex, first off, what are pronouns are we using today?
1: Yes. So I use they them pronouns and Fantastic. I identify as a queer non-binary transmasculine Jewish human. And so I actually go by Mix Lex Horowitz.
0: I fucking love it. I love it. All of it. (laughs) I'm here for all of it. Fantastic. Lex, (laughs) tell the TOS audience about you. Tell them what you do. You do so much. I want them to know all about what you're doing.
1: Oh my goodness. Of course. Let's see. Where do we start? I am 23 years old. I'm based in Philadelphia. I graduated exactly a year ago as of this week getting which I got my BA in psychology and gender sexuality and women's studies from Bowdoin College. And I'm currently getting my master's from the University of Pennsylvania. So I can definitely say that being a scholar and questioning everything is a big part of my life. Dismantling things, building them back up in inclusive and expansive ways. I am an LGBTQ plus educator, activist and model as well as mental health advocate my mission and my values follow me whether i am facilitating workshops or doing an editorial shoot or working with children whatever it may be i always bring in this idea that we all need to be involved in dialogue that is respectful and respectful doesn't mean that we have to agree with what everyone's saying doesn't mean we have to change our perspective or agree with, with the other person wants us to believe in, but has everything to do with opening our own perspective, listening respectfully to others, and then gaining a more comprehensive and globally expansive citizenship to everyone who is sharing our world with us. Oh, I love it.
0: That is fantastic. You know, and listen to all the things you do. I've had other guests where you know they talk about all of the things they're doing, and from the outside, you know, from an outsider perspective, what they're doing sounds as if it's very disconnected. It's it's a little bit of this and it's a little bit of that. But I find that the people who are doing things that are really following their purpose there's a cohesive sort of theme that runs through it all and to me it sounds like with what you're doing there's a very cohesive theme that you know exactly how these things are connected and they all make sense to you
1: thank you so much phil and that is such a good way of understanding it is that it really is it's comprehensive all exactly. of it so exactly. when i'm when i'm walking on a runway I see it as a part of my my advocacy, my activism, that I'm showing my beautiful trans body and I'm proud and I'm authentic and I'm demanding space for more trans bodies, for more queer bodies, for more marginalized bodies to be represented in mainstream media, in fashion, in culture, just having our actual representation in society versus what society wants us to be or is trying to force us into those traditional norms.
0: Yes, I love it. So what are you doing to stay sane during the shutdown? Like, where are you now? And are you working from home? What What does it look like for you to be, you know, living and surviving during the shutdown?
1: Yes. So my life actually took a very massive shift and turn before the coronavirus. When I graduated college May 25th, 2019, I got top surgery May 29th, 2019, recovered for two to six weeks and went immediately into teacher training because I was working as a special education reading and math educator and case manager in West Philly. And so I've been working as this special ed teacher and case manager. But I realized that I loved engaging with my kids and and asking them how they were doing, how I could support them, what things they needed in their lives to make them happy and safe. Whereas the instructional teaching was obviously extremely important, right? We all deserve and need access to high quality education, but that instructional teaching wasn't what was helping me get up every day. My passion was with my kids and making sure that they were safe and that they felt best. So in February, I decided to leave my job as a special education Teacher and case manager to pursue my my dream of being an LGBTQ plus educator, activist, and model, so that I could work for myself. Which not only would be a safer work environment because of all of the instances that I have experienced in the workforce with either being underpaid or not paid at all for the work that I do, uh, experiencing workplace discrimination based on my queer, trans, and Jewish identities. I got to a place where I knew what is helping me wake up every morning, what energizes my soul, what really makes my heart beat every day. And it is working for my community, working to uplift and support those who do not have the same privileges that I have to be able to be loud and use my voice and live authentically in all spaces. And so I made the really difficult decision to leave my job as a public educator in the school system to pursue working for myself as a freelancer, self-employed human, who travels to do facilitations and workshops, public speaking, interviews like this, Uh, I host a handful of urgent need community programs. So I have a starter binder program, starter packer program, a gender affirming clothing program and a community mentoring program. And all of these programs I label under this concept of urgent need because the program is available to anyone who qualifies or is eligible, meaning that if they lack social and or financial support from their community or their family or friends, folks who have intersectional identities that lead to more intense and continuous and historical forms of trauma. So making sure that people of color, folks with disabilities, folks who experience mental health challenges, that all of those factors are taken into consideration and that my services are first and foremost available to those folks who are the most urgent need, who lack those resources, but are the folks who need those resources the most. And so all of my programs are free to those who are eligible. It's free worldwide. I've been shipping binders and packers, and I have yet to ship my clothing because that's a relatively new program, but I've started hosting my community mentoring chats, which I call Chats with Lex. And I've spoken with over 20 folks from across the globe of all different ages who just want to be heard, to be seen, to not have to justify or stand up for themselves when they're in a conversation with someone. And so during quarantine, when I left my job in February, I decided I was going to update my website. I was going to make sure all of my services were available. My mission was clear that I was my own brand, pretty much. I was my own company. And so left work february worked for over a month every single day didn't take weekends off worked from the morning into the evening and released my website and my apparel brand which is a whole nother thing that we can talk about yes uh, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, And so i did that on march day visibility released my website and my updated shop and of course coronavirus came in which unfortunately for me i was So lucky that I was landing gigs in LA and New York and even fashion weeks in London and Paris and Milan and Miami. But coronavirus hit and obviously it is not safe to travel or to engage with others. Uh, Luckily, I am in a group that has more physical health and safety than most. And so unfortunately, I lost most of the gigs that were my income. And so for me, My adapting, what my everyday looks like, and how I'm staying sane is that I'm putting all of my attention and my focus and my energy into my advocacy work. Just because I can't travel to gigs or walk a runway or engage with my community in person, which is what I live for, it's what I thrive for. Doing community engagement is my dream, it's everything that I want. And so I've tried to adapt my advocacy to how can I make sure that I'm adequately supporting folks who are in uncomfortable or unsafe, even dangerous environments in quarantine, which is how I came up with my Chats with Lex program. And I pretty much just spent every day working to locate materials for folks who want gender affirming materials, hosting giveaways, being a guest on podcasts, sharing my experiences, doing creative projects, working with brands to make sure that they have inclusive, not only inclusive imagery, but language and missions. And so I've just fully devoted myself to, hey, the work needs to be done, especially now, especially in quarantine. People need to know that our voices matter, our mental health matters, that even if we're not in supportive homes, that doesn't make us any less valid. And so here I am.
0: That is just insane. It's just insanity how much I love that. It's insanity. It really is. Because when I think about the entire time you're talking, all I can think about is the word resilient. To me, the definition of someone who is resilient is someone who can say, you know what? I thought I was going to be doing these things. I thought I was going to be traveling and doing all these things. I had these gigs. And I don't have the ability to do that now. That's been removed from me. But I'm going to still find a way to make this mission what I focus on to make sure that I'm doing the things I need to do for my community in the way that I can. And so if that means virtually, that means providing resources virtually and being there and just holding space for the members of your community in the way you have. You're doing all of that, that's wonderful. I love it. (laughs) I love it so much. And it is so clear that you're so driven by this mission. I'm thinking about like what you said about what gets you up in the morning and how you wanted to work for yourself. And it's really clear to me that when you're following a purpose that's really your purpose the purpose that you're that you exist on this planet you're gonna do these things whether you're getting paid for it or not you're going to engage in these activities whether it's making a living for you or not because you understand the importance of it and because it speaks so much to your soul so you are so there right now it's pretty clear <laughs> it's so good oh my god <laughs>
1: All right, I I am, I'm going to lose my I'm mind. I'm living for <laughs> your commentary. It's, I'm gonna it's gonna lose another my thing mind. that fuels my heart. Another thing that fuels
0: lose my it. heart. Oh my goodness, all right. But you know what, Lex? This is the second time we've had a conversation and I feel like there's something about your energy that I feed off of and then you feed off mine and I think we go into, <laughs> I think it's we get beautiful. into this thing. We have this <laughs> thing and I don't know what it is and I love it. I'm here for all of it. I love all of it. What do you miss most about life before quarantining?
1: Oh, I miss just seeing my friends. I miss engaging with my community because the way I describe myself is my body is young, 23 years old. My soul has to be at least 94 years old for the the type of stuff that I have 94. 94 <laughs> minimum. Why that but why that number? <laughs> because we we <we're> get tired. <laughs> because we've experienced too many things for a 23 year old as a queer non-binary trans person. And I I think that that is relatable for, if not all, then most queer people because of the discrimination or the harassment or whatever you want to call it. So old soul, I cannot use technology. So that is another reason (laughs) that I'm like, I'm 94 (laughs) years old, but my heart and my mind, my imagination are, of like a four or five-year-old i live in this very creative and optimistic and honestly living as if everything that happens is beautiful and surprises me puts me in awe and allows me to appreciate what's happening around me and so for me i thrive off of my physical interactions with my friends with my family with my community whether it's hosting a movie night at my apartment or going and taking a walk in the city and literally just saying hi to my neighbors, whatever it may be. Like that is what I thrive on in connection. I am not someone who likes to text. I think that text takes away such important parts of the conversation, such as tone and body language. And so for me, my friends know that I practically do not text. I just don't see it as a important or valid form of communication. I will straight up FaceTime them or leave them voice messages or voicemails or do Zoom or anything like that. And so it's been super challenging for me trying to stay connected with my family, with my friends, with my community because of the the heightened use of technology, which is something that I personally see as taking me out of the moment. So it's so easy for us to go on our phones and go on social media or or like write emails or message someone. But I feel that as if I'm dissociating from the moment, that if I'm sitting and doing work and I'm enjoying nature or I'm watching my cats or I want to have a conversation with someone, if I pull out my phone, I feel like I've disconnected from my physical environment. And so that's something that I don't really like to do. And so I miss being able to cuddle with my friends or to link arms and skip down the street or to go to a a bar or a performance or whatever it may be and just scream in all of our queerness and be so incredibly happy to be surrounded by everyone. And so that's definitely what I miss the most.
0: Well, you know, you sort of bled into the next question, which was how are you staying connected? So it sounds like you're not really big on wanting to text people, but you might do like a FaceTime. I imagine right now it's very challenging. You're right. We can't go to bars. We can't hug our friends. There's no, none of that physical touch happening. So what what are you finding the best ways are for you?
1: Yeah. So luckily for me, I have quite a few of my close friends are actually out of state. So the ways that we communicate, we're already do FaceTime. Do calls, through whatever that form of communication is. I've just been doing that more. One of my best friends lives in Florida. Every day I go out to the creek, I sit at the creek, and I call oh, him. And I love that. we talk, we catch up. I will text, I'll text folks to say like, hey, thinking of you, like, love you, miss you, hope you're doing well. And it definitely is something that I'm actively doing. I know that it can't be, oh, I'll just do that later because later will never come. So I have been using text, I have been using... Uh, Instagram and other messaging platforms, but I definitely prefer to be like, please tell me when you're available to FaceTime. That is my preferred mode of communication. That is, I get to see you. I get to hear you. I get to laugh with you that that means more to me than a text. But if all that you feel comfortable doing are all that you have available to use a text, then absolutely. Right. Like sometimes we can't choose which ways we can communicate.
0: That's with very true. And right now we're really reliant on technology to, to keep the connection going because this is what we have. And it's way more important to stay connected than not.
1: Yes. And interestingly enough, in quarantine, I have realized that I have built and honestly kind of facilitated and helped grow so many more relationships within the queer community than i had previously whether it's through my chats with lex i've been picking up different creative projects doing like the body has no gender type of fashion show or going live and talking about mental health or talking about white privilege or what ableism means or what are the best ways in which we can acknowledge our, whether it's our privilege or our current state or that we can uplift and support people, I have been in constant communication with so many more queer people, more specifically trans people than before the virus hit.
0: Wow. Do you think that's going to carry over when society reopens, when the shutdown ends? Do you think that that's going to carry over?
1: I personally do think so because in 2020, I have decided that I need to be more cautious and careful about the people who I let into my life because of the multiple forms of whether it was manipulation or abuse, whether emotional, whatever it may be, from people that I had in my life and realizing that no one deserves this. How do we protect ourselves from people who want to use us and abuse our, our vulnerability, our sensitivity? And so I am trying to do more self-work to allow myself to put up boundaries to speak right. my peace yes to demand what I need in relationships and also to know when a relationship isn't right for me friendship business romantic you name it and so in quarantine it was so important for me to connect with people knowing that I am privileged that I now can live in my body in the way that feels the most affirming and so many people are not there so if I was in the mental space, that I was in before being able to socially, medically, or legally transition, I would want to have as many supports as possible. So connecting with those community members, with my new friends, my new chosen family, has been crucial to me. And I don't see that ending after quarantine. I see that potentially changing its focus from how can we make sure that we are feeling supported and affirmed in our environment in quarantine to, okay, so now what does that look like when we go back to school? or when we're taking public transit, or when we're looking for colleges, or when we're looking for surgeons, right? It's not that these relationships are no longer needed. They are certainly needed. It's just that the, the focus of what those conversations look like or what those resources are, or the ways in which I can then support and uplift community members and their unique needs will simply change based on the environment that we are living in.
0: I wanna ask you, this period of shutdown, I think has made a lot of people really reflect, go inward, do some thinking, do some inventory taking really looked at their lives from a different perspective. What do you think you're going to come out of this pandemic and this period of shutdown with what are the parts of you that you're discovering now that you think you're going to bring out into the world when this is all over?
1: Such a fantastic question. My goodness. Well, for me, I think that I adapted to the situation in a like you said, a very resilient way, well, okay, I had these gigs. And for the first time in my life, I have been professionally modeling, and those things were ripped away from me. And so it's so easy to be taken down or distressed, or honestly, just heartbroken about the situation that we're in. But for me, I've seen it as okay, I've had all this time to work on my website to work on creative projects and put this loud and proud and authentic work, whether it's videos or pictures or writings into the world. And that after quarantine, it'll just give me a both digital and non-digital platform and environment to be able to continue to still do the work that I'm doing.
0: I think it's a complicated scenario to look at this pandemic and to think, when you think about all of the horrible things that, that came out of it, all of the people we lost, all of the, you know, all of the strife and the, the grief that we've seen in it. It's hard sometimes also to accept that there has been some rays of light here and there in this situation. I know that's hard for people to talk about, but I know for myself coming out of it, I don't know if I would have moved forward with the projects that I'm doing, sort of sat with the potential of myself in the way that i have if it weren't for the pandemic i just yeah. wouldn't have slowed down enough to do that and that slowdown and that shutdown it's been a gift
1: i relate so completely to everything you just said especially like putting work aside i mean my work is also my passion but for for the sake of this conversation i'm just gonna put work aside and focus on how has quarantine impacted myself as an individual as a human that exists on this planet in this space and this concept of slowing down has been such a gift yeah because as many queer trans folks can likely relate, but I'm going to be speaking on my own experiences. I have experienced repetitive and continuous forms of trauma, whether from interpersonal relationships, institutions, work, whatever it may be. And all of those experiences and instances have impacted me in a way that I didn't have time to address when I was working full-time, working over 60 hours a week. And I was in graduate school full-time doing all of my studies and papers and research, oh, wow. on top of working as a model, educator, activist, I was doing all three things at once. I didn't have time to stop to think to see what I needed. I was just, just needed to go, 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 make sure that I didn't let anyone get left behind. When matter of fact was, I left myself behind. Right, right, and, and so that's in what quarantine, exactly. And so in quarantine, I have been able to. Consciously provide the mental space and the physical space to work on myself, to just sit and breathe, to admire nature, to try and consistently do meditations, having weekly therapy sessions, journaling, doodling, trying to find ways in which I can express myself and what I'm going through. Because upon reflection, maybe I can grow And become a stronger version of myself after doing all this self-work and so it's because i have now yes i am extremely busy i work every day of the week it's clear wild (laughs) hours right but nonetheless because i don't have to go into work or i the different ways in which our lives look because of the virus i'm able to take that time to do 15 minutes of spanish in the morning and then listen to my deep meditation spa music in the evening or sit at the creek and talk with my friends for hours or sit at the creek and watch the bugs just around <laughs> and wait until I hopefully see a frog right like these are things I would not be able to do had I not had to quarantine at my childhood home with my family. All
0: right. The thing is, the simplicity of those things, there's something so restorative about those things, like just sitting at a creek. I mean, I can't only imagine how wonderful that is to just connect with nature and to sit there. I don't want to make any assumptions. You talked about, you know, having these traumatic experiences and not really having the chance to really sit with them and to really sort through them and process them in the way that you might need to. But I have to say, when I think about all you're doing, it's all about service. Everything that you mention there's a component of service to it. When I hear about queer people who've gone through trauma and who have been othered and have experienced, you know, situations that are just so unfortunate, I can't help but think that there's some element of that trauma that comes to play to be that part of service, to fuel that service, that being of service. And I feel like that's the same with you. I don't know if that's the case, but it sounds as though from having these traumatic experiences, there's some part of it that doesn't wanna see that for anyone else, wants to create an environment where people can feel whole, where they can feel authentically who they are, they can feel supported and held space for. And I think that there's this beautiful part of you that's bringing this service into the world because of maybe some of what you've dealt with in the past.
1: I totally relate to everything that you said is applicable. Especially because, as we were talking about before, we hopped on the podcast, that my schooling experience for my entire life before college was that I went to a, quote, all-girls school for 14 years. And so the things that I have learned, both formally or indirectly, in that educational setting, in the communities that I was a part of, all impacted me and took so long for me to actually understand and come to my understanding of my queerness, of my transness, of what authenticity looks like for me. I didn't have anyone who looked like me or spoke like me or were saying the things that I was saying growing up. So I didn't know that being who I am right now was even a possibility. And I don't want that to be another person's experience. I want to live as loudly and as visibly And as openly and vulnerably, is that a word? (laughs) I just want to be 100% transparent because no human is perfect. I am not perfect. My journey is new every single day. The ways in which I have to adapt to my life, the things that I desire, the things that I need. If I can help one person see that this journey can also be theirs or that there is someone similar to you that shares your identity or your values or your lived experiences, that you are truly not alone and there are things you can do to feel supported, to feel comfortable, to be yourself and supported as yourself. And that is what drives my advocacy. So yeah, it's pretty clear. It. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty clear. And I am so grateful for you and what you're doing. Lex, it is really incredible. You are a soldier for this cause, and I couldn't be more grateful for you. Let me ask you, as we're wrapping up here, what are the three things that got you through this period of shutdown this quarantine what are the three things that you think you've relied on to you know keep you going during this time
1: absolutely first things first my kitties a (laughs) hundred percent which are adorable they're so (laughs) cute quarantine or not i need my babies to get through every day i am such an animal lover i say cat enthusiast i do animal rescue animal welfare advocacy, humane education. I rescue senior and special needs kitties. So I have two senior little ladies right now (laughs) with chronic illnesses. And my gosh, they are quite a trip. But they are what, they help me get up in the morning. If I don't have that motivation, if I'm depressed, or if I just feel so heartbroken from everything that is happening in our society, I don't feel an internal reason for me to get up. I have to get up. I have to feed my cats. I have to give them their medication. I have to show them the love that they deserve. And so not only are they this external motivation of, you have a responsibility to these beautiful living creatures, but they also show me how beautiful life is itself. When I get to cuddle them or hold them or put my head up against them and listen to their little heartbeat or have them purr in my ear or lick my ankle, but then decide to bite it because it looks tasty, like whatever (laughs) it may be.
0: I wonder what it looks like to them. They're like, hmm. Really, though? (laughs) Take a chump out of this.
1: (laughs) And they just provide me with that laughter. What fascinating, beautiful creatures I get to share my life with. And I just feel so blessed. And so they are definitely, before quarantine, during quarantine, after quarantine, they keep me going. Oh, my goodness. What else? Oh, my God. Because I just got so wrapped up in how much i love my cats i forgot the question
0: That's hilarious i was asking you what the three things are that you rely on during quarantine and the shutdown.
1: yes the okay. cats were one you don't you cats don't have to have all three. three you don't know they, they can be if you have three cats um i have two cats and then my parents two cats so we have a house of four cats right okay now, so it's well then for all four all
0: right well there you go four cats fantastic You've now answered the question. I feel like you don't have to go any further. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so nice. I understand. As an animal lover myself, it is so true. The animals do keep you going. and It's so nice that you have them. And I'm sure that they appreciate your tasty ankles and <laughs> all, all, the, all the love and the food you're providing for them. <laughs> I love it so much. Lex, it has been so wonderful talking to you. I am so into everything you're doing. I you know, I'm going to encourage my audience to please follow Lex. Lex, tell everyone how they can find you.
1: Yes. Well, first of all, thank you so much, Phil, for sharing the space it's and for inviting pleasure. me onto your podcast. It is always a pleasure. I, I feel so honored and so grateful. Oh, and you. so yes, if folks would like to find me, which I would absolutely love, uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Lex underscore Horowitz. So that's L-E-X underscore H-O-R-W-I-T-Z. You can also find me on Facebook at Mix Lex Horowitz. And on Patreon, I am also, it's my name, Lex Horowitz. And then if you are interested in looking at my mission, what my values are, the different programs, and if you're eligible or if you want to purchase merch from my shop, you can check all of that out on my website, which is www.lexhorowitz.com. And my apparel brand is called Live Fluid Collective, which is on Instagram at live underscore fluid underscore collective.
0: Lex is doing the most. (laughs) (laughs) They are doing the most, fantastic. Please make sure you follow Lex online everywhere find out what they're doing, keep in touch with what's going on, because I have a feeling there are going to be more and more things as time goes on, which is amazing. Where are the chats? How do they find the chats?
1: Yes. So my I did a web series of ally chats, and then I have my current mental health awareness series with Playout. And so those are both available on my Instagram page, as well as my YouTube page and my website.
0: Right, and, and also from your Instagram page, you, you use something like a link tree where they can go to all of yeah. these links. Based everything on, is linked.
1: Right, in, the, in the, linked the bio. Fantastic. Friends. So that's, a Long so story to... short, Instagram, find me. <laughs>
0: right. Go to Instagram everything. and there <laughs> you, you will find all the things. It's, it's wonderful. <laughs> Lex, thank you so much for being here today. What a true pleasure for your family, for your friends. I want everyone to stay safe and healthy. And let's hope we get through this with more generosity of heart. Heart, come out of it with the even more generosity of your heart. Although I think it's really hard for you to even have more generosity of your heart. I think <laughs> you have hit your generosity of heart limit, my friend. You've really like, you've gone to the pinnacle of that. <laughs> um, but no, seriously, um, thanks for being with us today. I want you to stay safe and healthy.
1: Thank you so much, Phil. It's a pleasure.
0: Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Transition of Style. If you like what you hear, please remember to subscribe and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us on our show page at TransitionOfStyle.com for more information and follow us to share in the conversation on Instagram at Transition